Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, this is Levi R. Thanks for joining me. This week, I want to talk about economies of scale and how the different uh, perspectives out there on politics and economics treat um, economies of scale. So first of all, what is economies of scale? Well, it's a concept in economics that says that if you have a fixed cost, uh, and a lot of times the example would be like a pizza oven, you know, you have a pizza oven um, that costs the same no matter how many pizzas you make with it. So that would be an example of a fixed cost. If you have a fixed cost, then it makes sense to make as many, uh, to produce as many items as you can to reduce uh the cost of each item on average. So let's say the pizza oven costs a thousand dollars and I make 10 pizzas. Well then per pizza, the fixed cost of that pizza oven is a hundred dollars. Uh, but if I go back and I take that same thousand dollar pizza oven and I make a thousand pizzas, then the fixed cost is only a dollar per pizza. So, you know, putting aside repairs and stuff like that, obviously those things are variable uh, to an extent that, you know, the, the, the more you wear out the machinery, uh, the more often you're going to have to repair it or something like that. But the, but the initial cost of the pizza oven itself is a fixed cost, certainly. And so that gives you economies of scale. It means that the more you produce, the lower average cost per item. Um, and so obviously economies of scale has been uh, a huge component of innovation, uh, certainly since the industrial revolution. Uh, and I'm not, uh, an expert on the history of this sort of thing. So I, am not going to say too much about that, but it certainly is the case that as we have increased uh, a lot of our technologies, but I wouldn't say everything, you know, these days, you know, supposedly innovation is putting a, a slightly different tweak on a photo sharing uh, app. Like that's innovation somehow. Um, maybe the case that you could call that innovation, but it's certainly not innovation in the sense that uh, something like, you know, a, a, a factory or uh, an assembly line or, uh, you know, things like that are innovations. And so... Um, when we talk about economies of scale uh, outside of purely just economics, um, oftentimes this is discussed as being a law of economics that supposedly you can't uh, you can't break it or you can't you can't offend this law with some kind of policy. So, like for example, um, you know it may be the case that you know someone really likes uh, living in you know, a world where um, this idea of economies of scale is respected as something uh, to, to make political decisions with. And so um, when, when someone comes and says something like, well, you know, it may just be better to, uh, you know, make decisions at a local level, even if uh, that may not be the most efficient way to do it. You know, maybe, maybe it would make sense to aggregate all this information, you know, into a large company or into a large political entity. And, 
uh, you know, let them decide what the production of this good or service um, or this or production of this infrastructure or something like that is going to look like. Um, and, and so the, the, the reference, you know, behind all of this is to cost. Um, and, and actually it's explicitly to sort of the, uh, countable expenses. But just because, um, you know, uh, centralizing all of the decisions into a large political or uh, business entity is uh, efficient due to economies of scale um, doesn't mean that that's the best way to do it in a moral sense. So um, we get back to uh, sort of a theme that uh, I bring up a lot for this show, which is that you know economic concepts uh, rest on moral principles. And so if we're going to get the sort of economic policy right, we have to understand that we have to get the morality portion of it right first. So just to give maybe a more concrete example of what, uh, what we mean here. So let's say that it's, uh, so someone might say that, you know, you can't really criticize, say, Walmart too much because Walmart has massive uh, economies of scale. They also have massive, uh, probably economies of scope to an extent too, but they do have massive economies of scale, right? So the fact that, you know, they themselves can coordinate uh, this delivery system of products from the suppliers to warehouses to um, distribution centers and then all of that sort of thing, and then to these big retail stores. There's economies of scale and all that, right? They, they, they own all the trucks and they can sort of centrally, um, you know, design a system that's very low cost and provides very cheap goods for people to have. And, you know, okay, well, I guess that's okay as far as it goes, but the question is, should that be the case? Does the fact that Walmart have that control, does it diminish the choices that people are are able to make in their communities does it diminish their ability to be different from another location in some way does it diminish their ability to influence what products are sold in their location you know because of course this goes back to um, the whole idea of advertising and whether or not you know advertising is used to convince people to buy things or is it used to uh, or, or is there some kind of market research on the back end that's that's crucial to determining what people are going to want and I think you can make an argument either way I think we could say that you know certainly firms spend money trying to figure out what people want but they also spend a lot of money convincing you that you need something um, or that at least it's okay for you to want it and buy it so centralizing control over the decisions of, of consumption decisions to an extent because obviously sure Walmart isn't forcing you to buy things but it's making certain things more available at a lower price than those things otherwise would be and so that is all relevant to um, you know some kind of influence on your decision whether to buy something or not from them and so I think it's very interesting how 
sort of different political categories treat this issue of economies of scale. The most obvious is just your average liberal capitalist type. Um, the, the conservative, uh, libertarian, some, someone in that world. And of course they think economies of scale are great. That, you know, it's great that we can have uh, more stuff at lower prices. Uh, you know, innovation brings, um, you know, newer, newer types of things online that um, expand our ability to take advantage of economies of scale. And we are, are able to have all of these wonderful products and services and things like this at lower and lower prices over time. And you know, to an extent, uh, a lot of these things do decline in price over time. And sometimes that's due to innovation or something like that. Sometimes it's due to the fact that uh, businesses just find cheaper ways to make products by outsourcing labor or uh, outsourcing you know, inputs for their production processes to other countries where there's low pay or, um, you know, other types of uh, cost-reducing factors. And so it doesn't always, those benefits don't always accrue to everyone, certainly. Um, so, you know, your average sort of conservative or libertarian is going to really like economies of scale. They're not going to have any problem with this at all. Um, and the funny thing is, though, uh, to an extent they will have a problem with this in the political realm. So they will at least pay lip service to the idea that, you know, a decentralized government structure is better. Um, and, but, but the reality is they, they think that because they think that for some reason the political realm, whatever economies of scale efficiencies that they might able to be able to obtain, that for some reason... It's uh, it's either not good to do it, so they're making a similar argument to what we would make, or they're um, they're concerned about um, some kind of inefficiency in government um, government operation that offsets the efficiency of of sort of a large economies of scale uh, type of operation, and so it, it could be a, a moral issue, but it also could be very easily just a uh, practical. Uh, efficiency uh, type of argument as well. So, is their perspective on economies of scale? In other words, they wouldn't have much of a problem with Walmart or Amazon or any of these other people. Um, would is is their perspective different um, from someone on the left, say? And I, I think that's a good question, and I think it's it's sort of interesting to think through it because you know maybe on the surface we would say well you know the the uh, the conservative libertarian fusion is is uh, totally the antithesis of the left wing uh, you know they talk about how much they don't like socialists and and all of this sort of thing all the time uh, even to the point of lumping other people in with socialists who aren't socialists at all and so it might seem at first that this whole idea of economies of scale and production at the uh, conservative libertarian fusion folks um, really like, that maybe the left would not like that stuff. But I think there's some interesting um, overlap 
between their perspectives on economies of scale. So, for instance, if we go back to the quintessential leftist Marx, you know his whole uh, idea, his whole um, his whole perspective on socialism and how it was going to you know affect the worker and all this sort of thing was all about the fact that we were going to get to a certain point where uh, you know things were just going to be very cheap. And so in in that case, you know, the the because of the industrial revolution, because of the advance in technology, because of economies of scale, that is how um you know, people were going to be, you know, liberated from their oppressors and all this sort of thing. So there definitely is some kind of uh well, and you especially saw this in the French utopian socialists, right? That that, um, you know, all of a sudden we were going to have, um, you know, chickens were going to fly straight into people's mouths and all this ridiculous nonsense. But, you know, it was all kind of hinging on this idea that, you know, we were going to be building these giant uh, production processes and um, taking advantage of these economies of scale. So even even if you, you know, the average um, left-wing person these days, you know, claims to not like corporations, um, they, they're... The, the roots of their philosophy really um, kind of hinge on that. But even more, you also have a sort of strain of the left who is uh, really enamored with very, very large government entities. And oftentimes the arguments that they will make in favor of these large entities sound a lot like economies of scale arguments. So they might say something like, well... You know, maybe it's inefficient to have a single-payer healthcare system, you know, at the national level. Or, sorry, sorry uh, it's inefficient to have that kind of thing at the state level or the local level or something like that. But, gosh, you know, if we just have it at the, at the national level, then we'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to really use bargaining power to, you know, to crush those evil pharmaceutical companies. Or uh, we'll be able to, um, you know, spread out the the cost of insuring all these people across this huge uh, swath of the population. And, and to the extent that we can do that, um, you know, we, we can uh, really uh, lower the cost overall. And, and this is just standard economies of scale argument. That's all this is. Um, but even more directly, I think, there's sort of an economies of scale just in the government itself. Um, so this idea that, you know, if, if the, the UN itself can watch over uh, all of these countries or uh, something like the euro uh, the, the sorry the European Union you know we don't need to have all these silly legislatures in all these different countries why not just have one legislature for all the countries in Brussels and you know then we can we can have we can let those politicians make decisions for everybody I mean that is a textbook economies of scale argument why have all these groups of politicians when you can just have one set that handles all the decisions? That's economies of scale. So I, I don't think really that their positions, the, the left and the sort of uh, conservative fusionist uh, libertarian type, they don't really have a different perspective on economies of scale. They just kind of want it applied in slightly different areas. One wants it applied in the sort of corporate, uh, private uh, enterprise world, and the other wants it applied in that world to an extent, but also, and, and primarily, in the world of governments. 
um, because you know we, we, we want those governments to be uh, efficient and effective. And, and the larger they are, the more they, we can centralize these decisions, um, the better off we can be at um, you know making sure that redistribution goes the way we want and all that sort of thing. So I think the third position on this comes from someone who's a little more traditional. And I think that the primary argument against the economies of scale issue is, is mainly a, a moral one. And so you might have a conversation with someone on, say, say someone in the, in the liberal camp who would say, well, you know, we can't, we can't just have, uh, you know, we can't force companies to, um, you know, be a certain size or we can't more heavily tax larger companies or we can't, um, you know, put tariffs on companies that trade across borders. We can't, uh, you know, do things like that because that's just, you know, that flies in the face of the laws of economics. Okay, sure. Uh, but, you know, the laws of economics are not moral laws and anything, you know, any other type of law is really subject to the moral law. So I guess I'm not just really not that interested in whether or not you know, we're going to break the laws of economics. Um, you know, economies of scale is not a, a, a law. It's just simply a, a feature of um, certain happenstances uh, in the history of humanity. Um, if, uh, if the Industrial Revolution had given us um, a lot of small electric motors instead of, you know, sort of factories built around one large uh, engine, then economies of scale would be a completely different story for us. So there's nothing um, sort of inherent to uh, prosperity, really. I don't even think, even, even if we're just talking purely material prosperity, there's nothing inherent to economies of scale in that sense. It may be uh, in the historical way that things have gone, um, and it may be very costly to try to go, you know, go back and go a different direction. Sure, uh, and I think we see that with the way battery technology has uh, consistently failed to take off. But the bottom line is that a traditionalist is going to make the argument that, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that economies of scale, you, know, you can have reduced costs, um, and and so maybe centralizing production or centralizing governance to an extent um, would quote-unquote make sense if all you were concerned about was sort of the the, the, the cost the material um, the material issues material wealth or the you know reducing expenses uh, per unit of production and that sort of thing but that's not all we're worried about we're also worried about uh, you know localism and autonomy and um, I think a, a, a phrase we're going to hear a lot more, which is, uh, you know, the economics of place. Do places matter? Does your town matter? Does your community matter? Um, and if so, then perhaps um, it makes sense to uh, diminish the effects of economies of scale in production processes so that you can preserve that place. You can preserve... Um, a location and a community to an extent. Uh, you know, obviously, a, a very simple way of talking about this is just the buy local idea. Um, you know, sure, uh, if, if not every store in your town is a chain, 
you know, obviously every chain would be a really good example of his sort of e economies of scale, right? We can build a brand, um, you know, and then we can leverage that brand and, and increase sales um, all over the country. And, and that's really good economies of scale. But if each town has their own uh, method of retailing things or even producing things to an extent, um, then that adds to the uniqueness of that place. It gives the people who live in that place more say in the types of products and the, uh, the qualities of those products that they purchase. Whereas a chain is going to say, well, we just have to, you know, hit the average for, you know, the public in general. Uh, we're not going to offer different things in different places. So I think, uh, just to review, you know, economies of scale is a perfectly valid economic concept, but we have to remember that it's important to properly rank where we're going to place eco economies of scale in the structure of our morality um, from a policy perspective. How important is economies of scale to policy decisions? Those on the left and sort of, I guess, liberal right-wing types um, probably would put a little bit more emphasis on economies of scale as an important characteristic of policies than someone in the traditional world. And to me, the best arguments against this whole idea that economies of scale is just some inevitable law of economics is just to simply say that um, really it's just an empirical feature of you know, the modern world and that it's potentially the case that we might have some moral considerations that outweigh the importance of economies of scale. And so with that, I will uh, close up for the night and I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you do, uh, please uh, continue to patronize the show. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Ralph, who's our first uh, donor through Anchor. Uh, but uh, you can very easily subscribe on any platform or uh, watch us on YouTube. So thanks for your patronage. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.